Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This week, New Year hangover comes early as we're outgunned by the Huns for the first time in six years. The transfer window slams open and we're already linked with some right good Tims. This and much more on this episode of 20 Minute Tims. It's episode 164 of 20 Minute Tims and I am here with Stephen. Hi there. And Melly. I will be known as Negative Nancy today. Negative Nancy, Morose Melly. Um, <laughs> I like Morose Melly. <laughs> we've got... Uh, we've got Two games to discuss today, mostly. Uh, one was a great one, and one was a terrible one. And as usual, I'm going to give you the choice about what one you want <laughs> to discuss first. Do you want the good news or the bad news? Or the um, bad news and the irrelevant yeah. news? <laughs> um, let's just go right into the Rangers game. Must so, we? Yeah. So Rangers recorded their first win over Celtic since they came back to life. And the first win in any guy since 2012. Yeah. Six years. First league win. And... As far as I'm concerned, that was about as an abysmal performance as you could expect to see from any Celtic side since maybe Tony Mowbray. Really. Yep, definitely the worst under Rodgers domestically. It was absolutely pathetic from the very first minute to the last. We didn't string anything together. It was woeful, absolutely woeful. I can't remember one bit of good passage of play and we can't have any excuses. We can't have the referee. We can't have any of that because... It was all down to Celtic and how poor they were. It was abysmal. I absolutely, as Melly said, it was it was garbage from start to finish. You're struggling to come up with any positives from the game whatsoever. There are some to be had, but they're nothing to do with the football that was that was played. One positive that springs to mind is that it wasn't six nil. We'll get to everyone. We'll get to all the individual performances and Rangers and all that. But I think the problem, the main problem for me, apart from selection, apart from lineup, was the system in itself is fundamentally flawed when it comes up against uh, an aggressive press. And I'm not just talking about this game. Salzburg, we didn't Mm -hmm. know how to deal with them. Now, that's on a different level because they're a very talented football team. I wouldn't lump them in with Rangers. But then you look at Hibs as well. Celtic had no answer to what Hibs were doing against them. Just all they had to do was be energetic and aggressive towards them and they, they can't find a way around it. Hearts as well. Yeah, Levine it, said after it, he just he just he looked at the running stats from the previous team that beat Celtic and said to his team, "Here's how much running you have to do yeah, to beat Celtic." Definitely. Now it, it shouldn't be well, Hibs is gone, but we should remember that Hibs gave Celtic a right doing just by doing that, and they're eighth in the league. The Hibs are not a good team, but when it comes to Rangers, right, you look at the system. Celtic are open about the fact that they play out from the back. Now you've got Craig Gordon there, you've got Dedrick Boyata, Mikel Lustig, and Scott Brown who are all completely incapable of being able yep. to do that if under any pressure. It's absolutely fine when you're at home to a team that's going to sit off and sit and defend. And I think maybe we should stop complaining about teams sitting back against Celtic because it's the opposite that, that causes problems. It's, it's fine at home. Like All those players are more than capable of doing it when Dedrick Boyata's got loads of time in the ball. Even the Aberdeen game, which we're going to talk about today as well, most of that game, I felt when I was watching it, was spent with de- the ball at either Dedrick Boyata or Scott Brown's feet, looking up with all the time in the world with, with no options on. But this was the opposite. This was no time on the ball whatsoever. And 
all of the players I've just listed completely went to pieces under that just aggressive pressure. It's the old adage, Melly. Hard work only beats talent when talent doesn't work hard enough. I'm sure I've heard Gordon Strachan say that right. in reference to his Celtic team. That's it when you've got, what, two thirds of their back six yeah. that cannot play football out and are being pressed by a team. It doesn't, doesn't have to be the best team that presses you. Why did it have to be this team? But <laughs> why did it have to be them? Why? This was a massive opportunity for Celtic to go into this break, six points ahead, a game in hand. Leave Rangers absolutely yeah. stewing on this, doubting Gerard. Now he's the saviour, now he's the messiah. Yes, we've had a lot of great performances in these games, but it all collapses when you, you put them up in a performance like this because it was yeah. abysmal. The only player I would give pass marks to was Callum McGregor. Yes, Craig Gordon kept the score down, but he also created a lot of those chances for Rangers and then yeah. had to redeem himself. Yeah. And it, okay, he made those saves. Some keepers can't make those saves. But if you're going to play that way, you have to replace them now because it's blatantly obvious. MD that presses us, we can't handle it. So he's got to be replaced. So, Melly, I suppose what you're saying is, is something that I've agreed, or I think as well from watching the game, is we sort of painted ourselves into a corner a bit with the formation, the lineup, and the system we're playing because... If we're being pressed high, if we're being pressed hard at the back and we can't play out, you need that out ball. Unfortunately, Mikey Johnson wasn't that out. Now, this isn't a criticism of Mikey Johnson. He has many things, but what he isn't is a lone striker who can hold the ball up and bring other people into play. The option just simply isn't there. You're right. And there's a lot of people keen to blame the forward line for not getting involved yesterday, but I just I don't see that because... For the reasons I've just listed, that's not how Celtic play. So what do you want those those players to do? Do you want them to drop back into fullback positions to, to be able to pick the ball up? Because it goes, I'm oversimplifying here just for the sake of it, but it goes keeper, centre-halves, centre-halves knock it about a bit, midfield, and then the forwards. That's how the system is supposed to work. But that it's never going to get to them. It's never no. going to get to Mikey Johnston's feet at any point if the midfield just simply isn't functioning. And Scott Browning and Cham didn't turn up in this game. Well, it, well... One of them did, and Cham didn't didn't no. turn up in the game at all. Scott Brown did, but um, yeah, I'd love, I'd say that them didn't turn up. Well, Scott Brown was visible at least, but all for well, all the wrong reasons, and Cham just simply wasn't involved at all. Now, the earliest problem for me in this game was before the game when I looked at it and I put it in the group chat to you guys. I said McGregor at left back with a wee a wee emoji, this uh, voicing my displeasure at that, um, and I was just like, ah, I think we're giving up too much, and I, I can't be accused here of just talking in hindsight because I've been saying it for weeks he can't afford now to take McGregor out of that midfield for any reason and I think that was borne out in the, the performance we just didn't get anything from the midfield Melly as you said McGregor was perfectly functional in left back I, do, I don't have a lack of confidence in him at left back but I do have a lack of confidence in the Celtic midfield without him there and yeah. I'm, I'm only going on recent evidence of that it's yeah. starting to stack up you, you, you weigh up the performances with McGregor as the, the the pivot, as it's known, in midfield versus him out of there, and it's night and day. If you take McGregor, like like you says, I looked at the lineup and I thought, I thought this must be three at the back because yeah, McGregor, yeah. you can't play him at left back. It doesn't make any sense to me, especially with Izagiri. As poor as Izagiri's been recently, he's still a left back, yeah. and that would have given you the option to play McGregor in midfield. So I thought, what we're going to do, we're going to have three at the back. We're going to flood the midfield and try and control it there because that's where these games are typically won and lost. But we didn't. We played McGregor at left back. And as you're saying, Stephen, if you're going to play him at left back, you need another McGregor in midfield because Browning and Cham... Now, I can understand why Brown started because if before the game I'd told you Scott Brown, oh, I wouldn't have him playing, people would rightfully say he's bossed it against Rangers yeah. every single time. And Cham has pissed it against Rangers he, he's always found space he's been able to turn away for their defenders and uh, midfielders and pick passes so those two guys have got a really good record in these games but it just absolutely did not work and it was all down to the fact for me that the manager got his team selection and his lineup wrong one thing that would have changed and we can have a discussion on this if you want if Edward is good enough and fit enough to play an hour of football is which what the manager said he was if he's good enough to play an hour of football, then he plays the first hour. Yeah, and right. then at least you get yourself in a position where you could potentially be winning the game. And then you're bringing on Mikey Johnson when there's tired legs on the pitch to run about and chase scraps and do all that. But to bring Edward on after an hour, to play half an hour, when 
psychologically and on the scoreboard the team are already beat, you're going on to him saying, save the game for us, mate. And I know he's done it in the past, but he might be looking at the manager going, mate, I, I could do... I could have done a job for you here yeah. in the first first hour of this game. Especially as he played so well against Aberdeen as well. It's Aye. not like he's completely out of the blue. He played in the previous game and was excellent for the last 20 minutes, I think, he came on in that game. <laughs> Again, it's all, it's all kind of ifs and buts. I don't want these players to become... I, I don't want McGregor to be like a, a sacred cow where I'm just like, well, that's the reason we lost yeah. here because, well, well look, look at the facts here. But the, the evidence is... You know, huge at this point that the, the Celtic's best form comes with McGregor in midfield and I don't think it is coincidence now it's it's annoying to me Melly because and when when we done the podcast last time Rangers beat us in the League Cup we said that that should Rangers beating Celtic should at that point be an extinction level event mm-hmm. and what we meant by that was that should that should be it for a lot of those players and, a, and 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 the management and anyone associated with that defeat because we are so much ahead of Rangers that they shouldn't be beating us. It's a it's a similar position just now, but not as drastic because Rangers were always going to win one of these games, yeah. and it's a game when we are ravaged by injuries. We had a bad summer, and we've went to Ibrox, and there's no Celtic fans there. It's it's if Rangers were ever going to win a Glasgow derby, it's probably going to be that one. Yeah. But still, Hayes is a geary. These guys who. Who couldn't make it onto the pitch in their actual positions, and then we had to bolt in McGregor at left back and this guy and Mikey Jones. If you're not good enough at this point to play these games, shouldn't be the club. Don't, you shouldn't be the club. It's exactly it. I have a bit of sympathy with the starting lineup because with Tom Rogic away, I think no matter what everybody said, well, his replacement is Scott Brown, and you just move McGregor a wee bit forward. Now, if we had done that and played. As a Geary or Hayes, might have still had the same problem getting out because it's not McGregor in that position. Up front, if Edward could have played, yeah, possibly he should have started. He probably should have started in hindsight, but if we'd have won that game yesterday, you're at Masterstroke starting mm-hmm. Johnson and then bringing on Edward to win the game. It's just one of those things because of the way the game went, we weren't playing well. We had the injury to Benkovic. We had Lustig kicking his pants again and yeah, having we'll to be sub. So that means that's two substitutes down. But at half time, it kills any any game plan you've got. The whole starting lineup it wasn't great, but I thought Kieran Tierney would have made it. And there's nobody to blame but Celtic for the fact that he can't play because he's had to play so many yeah. games for this. And we go back to this time last year or even go back to that game you're talking about, the two-each game, how many of the players were on that pitch that were on the pitch yesterday? A lot of the same players, and in that time, we got better. But right now, we're not as good as we've been in between. So we, after that game, we went out and spent money. But since last January, we have lost. Stuart Armstrong, he'd have played yesterday. Patrick Roberts could have made a difference. Moussa Dembele definitely would have played. Lee Griffiths isn't playing and we only have one fit striker. Kieran Tierney's out and Tom Rogic is gone. You cannot keep chipping away at the quality of the team and then when you get a couple of injuries, this is what happens because we don't have the backup. We've got a strong 11 but there's still two, three positions in that 11 that dramatically need addressed and to take another two players out that it just shows where we are right now. Just for a wee bit of fun, do you want me to tell you who was playing in that uh, that game? I remember Boyata, because he went off, didn't he? Uh, he yeah. shared it and then he didn't, we didn't see him in December. So yeah. Lustig played, Tierney played, Boyata played. Gordon played, Brown, Brown played. played. Uh, and then the rest Beaton, of the team. Beaton, Rogic. Beaton, Rogic, Roberts, Mackay, Stephen, McGregor played, Griffiths played. And on the bench, Stephen, Big Z. Oh yeah, he yeah, he'd just had his best game for Celtic against Hearts the previous week and then he got dropped for Gary McKay Stephen. I remember him now, yeah. So another player that should should be affected by this is a uh, is is Michael Lustig. Hmm. Um Michael Lustig was that? Mi- well come on, you can what's his name? Is it Mika? That's not Yeah. Um he should look, let me compose I'm composing myself here because I'm sorry. <laughs> M- Mika Lustig has had chance after chance after chance after chance in a Celtic shirt especially this season yeah. his his regression as a footballer is, is pretty poor in Europe we made a joke of it every time we recorded a, a podcast after the European game he can't stop crosses to the right hand side he doesn't like to go forward he can't cross when he goes forward but that Rangers game me and you were talking about it mainly when we were watching it 
he didn't want the ball a lot of the time. No. He points to saying pass to Someone that else, yeah. pass to that guy. If he gets the ball, he immediately gives it right back to the person who gave him it. Or a lot of the time, he hoofs it ahead of him. And and there's no one in no one anywhere near where he is remotely trying to play the ball. And in, in a game like yesterday, when he started holding his back and he got hooked at half time, that, that was about as bad a performance as you can expect from from your right back. And I'm done with him. See if we don't go out and buy who's this guy we were linked with from Atalanta? Timothy Castagne. Yeah, it's either Castagne, but I'm I'm happy to go. We'll talk about him a wee bit later, but I, I prefer Castain. I'll just call him Timmy C, right? Yeah. <laughs> if if it doesn't have to be him, but if we don't buy a right back in January after failing to get one in the summer, then I think Brendan Rogers is quite right to to look at people and go, yep. I can't work with this guy anymore. I, so he's he's in the bin and Ralston's starting every game because Ralston was was one of the better players when he came on. At least Ralston we talked about his deficiencies last week, but he can improve. We've known this with Lustig, and again, it's a guy, we've absolutely flogged him. We've known for, since the summer we needed to replace him. Didn't happen. We don't have a backup that Brendan Rodgers trusts because he keeps putting Lustig back in for these big games. I said in the summer he has to be replaced. I said after the Champions League qualifiers he has to replace. I said after the... Rosenberg home game I'm done with him because he did that thing you're talking about gets the ball passes it back directs play over the other side because he doesn't want the ball and I'm not just saying I don't think he wants the ball I can tell by his body language everything that he doesn't want the ball he's passing the buck so it's not him that passes the ball and gets shouted at by the fans he made gestures towards the fans that day but after yesterday mate come on you're just kicking the ball away just kicking the ball away not looking up the way we play, Stephen talked about, depends on players taking responsibility. You can't go into that game, see Dedrick Bayata is having a nightmare back there and go, oh, well, I'm not going to help him out. You have to go and say, I'm available. Every player that made a mistake with their passing, whether it's Gordon to Boyata, they should be ready for the ball and they should know their teammates mm. are ready for the ball. Nobody was in position. Lustig is one of the worst performances I've ever seen off a player and see at half time he can say oh I was injured no you weren't no. you absolutely shat it in a, <laughs> you shat it in a place where we need you we need you that was a big game where they had more fans than we've ever played against and the players we needed didn't turn up the guys like Brown and Lustig Brown maybe I, I don't like writing players off but Lustig he's done yeah, yeah. he's completely done he, there's no coming back from us. He'll have a part to play the rest of the season, but only through necessity. The fullback situation at the club, as it stands, is a shambles. Um, there's the much publicised failure to get a right back, but even the left back is just as bad yeah. because, yes, we do have a, a really top quality left back there. But, Melly, you've mentioned it so many times. He can't play every game. You can't just keep getting 60 games, 65, 70 games a season out of this guy. But there's nothing. When Izagiri came, came in, I rolled my eyes at it, frankly. And I, in fairness, I did give him credit for his performance against Kilmarnock a few weeks ago. He was he was perfectly good then. But when he came in, I thought, why are you doing this? Jamie, you joked that he was obviously, it was him that had done it. Like, yeah. it's, it's not like a, a case where you've scoured the world of football and lo and behold, Ilmi Lewis Aguirre is the best choice. When he came in, I thought, what's the point of this? And people reassured me by saying, but it's okay, he's only back up to Kieran Tierney. And if anyone's heard me talking about it before, I kind of bristle at the word backup here yeah, because no you, do, yeah, you don't want a guy who's just backup. You want competition. That's a better word for it. But there are there are differences. But even if I allow him that he's just backup to Kieran Tierney, he's not even anymore because he that's wasn't it. in the squad. No, that's yeah. exactly my yeah. point. Like, what is if what you're telling me is he's backup? If what you're saying to me is we have a player who is just a bit crapper than yeah. the one you've got. Okay, I can I can accept that if A, he's younger, or B, he's been at the club for a long time and he's got other attributes. But when you've got a player like Izagiri, who's just not good enough to play some games in, in the Scottish Premier League, then there's no point in the guy no. being here. There's no point in that guy being at the club. And I, I'm, I'll repeat myself here, but the exact same goes for Johnny Hayes. No point in you being at the club, pal. No. Honestly, none. No. Because you're, you're not going to get a game against Rangers. You don't get a game against half the teams we play against. You might as well go back to Aberdeen. No. I'm conscious of the fact not that... Not in a racist way. No, <laughs> I'm conscious of the fact that we're now sitting here having a go at players that, who didn't play any part. But yeah. I, and, and that's part of the... It was a major part of the problem is that they're not able to take any part. I don't want to sit here and go, well, Emilio Izagiri is the reason we, we lost... We had put, turned in such an 
appalling performance at Ibrox. But he is but it's part symptomatic, of the problem. Yeah, he's yeah, a yeah. It's, it's, my, it's, the, it's the old adage, if you're not good enough to get in ahead of them, the re- Izagiri isn't good enough to play left-back, so we had to sacrifice our best midfielder to play yeah. left-back. And, th- and that is, that's the bottom line. It's exactly the problem. I've said it on the podcast before. Competition kills complacency. What happens if Kieran Tierney can't play? He gets somebody comes in and then as soon as Tierney's back, straight away he comes in. What happens if Mikel Lustig can't play? We've had to change to a back three. How many times yeah. and get beat? Or stick Jack Hendry in at right exactly. back or something. Exactly, Christopher yeah. Ayer. What happens if uh, Scott Sinclair's not playing well? Who do we play? What happens if James Forrest doesn't play well? Who do we play? What happens if Edward needs a break or gets a wee injury? Who do we play? There's no competition in that squad. There's in the midfield, possibly. But right now, you'd pick McGregor, Christie and Rogic. That's the midfield three. And we couldn't even do that yesterday because the circumstances and the guys that came in just didn't step up. Brown and Champ, that's it in midfield for the two of them. So we mentioned we mentioned uh, Lustig again. Failed to stop the cross from the right-hand side, which resulted in the goal. Now, it went through Brown's legs, took a wild touch off his heel, and then ended up in the back of the net. These things these things happen. Yeah, not much you can do about yeah. that. But rewind a couple of steps. Michael Lustig tracked, was it, what was the boy's name? Kent? Kent, Kent Ryan. Tracked yeah. Ryan Kent all the way to the touchline. And then... This s- is after not shutting them down. So let, yeah. him, let him run at us instead of... Being closer. Play- yep. Yeah. Schoolboy uh, stuff. Oh. Absolute schoolboy stuff. From an international player. Runs th- to the touchline with Ryan Kent. I'll let Ryan Kent take the ball to the touchline. Then when Ryan Kent has nowhere else to go, Lustig decides to slide himself out of the pitch. Yeah, he was already going to ground before Kent had even stopped as yeah. well. So he was effectively out of the game. All Kent had to do was notice that Lustig was already down and he's passed him. I, I said in the last game against Rangers I was I was amazed and quite frankly thankful that they hadn't put Kent on Lustig at Celtic Park because they missed a huge opportunity and stuck Lafferty on him instead and, and wasted Kent out in the right I think it could have been a different game against if that was the case because Lafferty did nothing against Lustig and yeah. Kent would have been a completely different a different proposition but Kent Kent gave Several players in that game, a torrid time, Brown and Boyata as as well. He's a good player. I think he's been out for injured for quite some time, but it was a complete mismatch against against Lustig. His schoolboy stuff. I, I can't believe he done it. I can't believe he done it. I don't see the thinking behind. I don't see the rationale, especially when you say he's right at the byline. Then he slides, cuts it back. Ryan Jack, yes, he's a holding midfielder, but we had three players in our centre midfield, so somebody's not doing their job. And James Forrest standing there watching him at the edge of the box then runs towards him at the end. It's such a poor goal to lose. It gives them everything to hold on to then and just lifts the whole crowd. And Before that, we only had that shot from Forrest in the first couple of minutes. After that, we had absolutely nothing. That yeah. The goal, we'd sort of settled slightly, but the goal was coming. They were, it was wave oh, after wave of attack. Yeah. It wasn't as if they were creating massive chances, but they were getting in the bylines. And we've seen it time and time again. Teams like Celtic, because they're the best team, because everybody knows how they're going to play, they target specific things. John McGinn said it, Neil Lennon said last season, target Lustig. Mm. Every team's done it in Europe, and every team has scored going down that side and cutting it back. It's not good enough. The Rangers' tactics, Stephen, were very, very clear. You know, for as much as we criticise Brown and Cham, and they did have poor games, there was no midfield. There was there was no. no midfield. What Rangers' tactic was: press us high up the pitch, force us to go long because they know we're terrible going long. We know yeah. that Craig Gordon, I don't think, hit a Celtic shirt one time going long. They would then retrieve the ball and they would either ping it down the right hand side to Morelos, where our fullback was pushed up, and he would have a one on one with Benkovic, or they gave it to Kent to take on, as you're saying, targeted Lustig, and he knew they had him on toast. It was such a clear tactic, and it was their tactic from the first minute to the very last minute. Even when we went to Diamond in midfield and brought on Edward, it didn't really do much. And that's, for me, where Brendan carries the can, because it wasn't working at any point. No, and we used to talk about this quite a bit uh, in previous Rangers games. They always start quickly, and it was always just a case of riding out that storm and then just settling into the game and dominating but Celtic went, were completely unable to do it this time at all but Rangers in fairness to them were absolutely relentless in this game they didn't stop for a single minute 
they didn't even have to be that good. I'm not saying they were terrible, right? That's that's that would just be sour grapes. They were good, but they didn't have to be, which is no the most galling thing. Play. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It, it was just we're beaten by staunchness, just <laughs> dig and hard work. Yeah, that's dignity. what we're beaten by. But, but, well, that's that is because that is it, another thing that should really, really annoy Brendan Rodgers. If you sit to Brendan Rodgers and say all the planning you do before the games, your famous attention to detail, and all the work you do, are you telling me that running about beats that? Yeah. Is, is this what you're telling me that running right. about more? beats all your best laid plans because if it is the case then you need to come up with other plans Rangers were effective they did exactly what they had to do they weren't brilliant and I mean that in the passage of play they never tore us apart by passing the ball round us or that it was just effective stuff but Celtic Rangers had more possession than Celtic Rangers had more possession than this Celtic team with Brown and Cham McGregor Christie midfield again in Cham his positional sense is absolutely chronic. He's popping up on the wing most of the time. No. He cannot when he be... ran the ball out of play. Oh, I did a whack on. That's right. You cannot be doing that. You need to keep it tight in midfield. It can give the play. When we're under that much pressure on defence, it's up to the free in midfield to be constantly shown for the ball. And Christie, I'll maybe say he tried his heart out, but from the very start, he didn't get his touch or anything. No. He just looked lost in there as well. It just completely St- abysmal. Stephen Gerrard said it after the game, um, and I thought his comments were, were, were quite accurate after the game. He said, I asked the players to win their individual battles, and that is exactly what happened. Every Rangers player, bar none, won their individual battle against a Celtic player. Yeah. That's why it more. That, it more. That's why Encham's popping up in the wing because he's he's crowded out, he's getting battered in midfield, so he's looking for space to pick up the ball. Scott Brown had two guys on him almost every time he had the ball, right on Scott Brown's first touch. He couldn't do what he normally does. Rangers won their individual battles. Brendan Rogers' post match comments were the best team won, but we've had lots of good results against them and I, I honestly, I, I wanted more for Brendan post match. The comment that got me after the game was the you know rolling his eyes and saying, "Oh, you know, but we've played loads of good games against Rangers. We've beaten them loads of times. That that doesn't matter." And yeah. you would never ever say that about any other team. If you lost to Kilmarnock or Hibs or Hearts, as have all beaten Celtic in recent memory, you would never go, "Aye, but you know we beat Kilmarnock all the time." Yeah, that that it doesn't wash as a as a reason to dismiss that. I know, in all honesty, that was the only comment I picked up on after the game. I didn't really, I wasn't really in the mood for, for hanging around for no. m- many of the interviews, if I'm honest. Nobody's getting away with this here because for a start, it was the board that got us into this mess. We are sleepwalk. There's still people saying we'll still win the league. There's not a lot of evidence for that. No. We, we might well win the league, but we're not going to win it comfortably. It's going to be an absolute slog unless we do what we should have done in January and go out and buy players. Brendan Rogers got a lot to answer for as well with some of the decisions, but the way he acted at the start of the summer, I know he's not got a lot of players right now, but I don't like accepting that defeat. Yes, we've had a lot of games against them where we've absolutely dominated, but we shouldn't be getting dominated like that when we dominated them. That was a bigger a domination as the 1-0 in September yeah. that we had. So that's unacceptable. And the players, you need to show more responsibility. Yes, your players down. Yes, you've got a lot of injuries. You've got guys away. But you should be doing better. Individually, only Cal McGregor turned up. And that's a guy playing out of position. It's unacceptable from start to finish, from everybody at the club. And we spoke about it on the Patreon, but why does it take something like this to wake us up and go, oh, you said it, maybe this is what Celtic need to wake up and go out. No, Celtic should aim to be the best Celtic they should be. We are just happy, oh, we're still ahead of them, we're still ahead of them. Look what happens when you have that mentality. We're only one game that we've not even played ahead of them. It's not good enough, we are regressing and regressing. Unless something's done about it, he's going to go. And the, Once he goes, we're not going to get a, as good a manager. So if you take that management out and stick with these players like we have done, that's a scary thought. It's hmm. these these games serve for me as a good indicator of where Celtic are, and the reason Celtic got beat um, yesterday, as we record this, it's Rangers' improvement is only incremental. Rangers have really only got three points more than they had under Graham Murray last season. Yeah, you know that's right. They've done okay in Europe, but I watched some of their games, and every team in that Europa League group were terrible. So. Rangers aren't much better than they they're, were last year. They're not season. a team on form either. They're Coming not a team on form. Not on form. 
what we are is a team that's regressed. And that is all that's happened. We have allowed ourselves to regress to the point where Rangers, once again, can more or less match us. Now, I've got the last three years at this point of the season's points total, right? And it's really stark. The Invincible season, we had 61 points when we broke up for winter, right? Mm -hmm. Last season, we had 47, right? right? Which is a dramatic drop in itself. This season, we've got 42 now, right, so we've got even, another game to play. So it's, even if they win that, it's still... It's still less yeah. than last season, which was a bad season. But that is nearly, as it sits here today, 20 points down from Brendan Rodgers' first season. It's, it's, it, it, that's just indicate how good that was, that you could lose yeah. 20 points and still be top of the league. But that make no mistake, that that is how far Celtic have fallen to the point where this Rangers team can get a result against us. People will accuse us of being too reactionary, right? They would say, oh, it's only one game. I've only lost them. Undefeated against them in 12. But no, I'm sorry. It's not It's not just this one game. Because you look at the league table now as well, and Rangers are neck and neck. Yes, there's that game in hand. But frankly, I'm not really interested in that just mm-hmm. now because as it stands, we're halfway through the season and there's no daylight between either team at and the moment. St. Johnson, they're better informed than us, they Yeah, and, and, and you look, even if you take Rangers out of it entirely, three points better off than Aberdeen and we were all laughing at Aberdeen only a, f- yeah. a handful of weeks ago one saying, point better off than Kamarnock yep yeah, one point off better than Kamarnock that's right and Hearts six points as well uh, these teams have not had good seasons Aberdeen and Hearts have been terrible at yeah. various points this season and there's no yes it is six points yeah but again we're not in, we're not in October here this is we're about to roll into January and there's nothing between them for these teams Celtic did score Scored through oh, yeah. our man of the match for Celtic, uh, Callum McGregor. Matt is offside. Um, I'm reluctant really to make too much of the officials here, but let's talk about the linesman on this one. It was a decent enough goal. I don't think it was offside. I think you've got to be laser-sighted linesman to, to pick up an elbow. That's two different things, Renoff. I think, yes, you do have to be laser-sighted, and I think he guessed, but I, don't, I think he was probably, to the letter of the law, offside. I think he's left foot. I think is it any any part of the body you can score with? Is if is that's that, offside? Is that the, is yeah. That, so he if, guessed and got it right. Is that yeah? What you're basically guessed and got it. Yeah. I don't think there's any way you can tell. I mean, put yourself in that position, staring across 50, 60 yeah. yards away, and being able to tell one sleeve from another. I don't think that's possible. I think he. I think he guessed. Just took the chance, stuck his flag up, and got it marginally right. It was uh, just before the, that incident. Uh, Ian Crocker said Celtic haven't had a shot on target since the James Forrest one in the first couple of minutes. That's over an hour's play before we had another shot on target. The McGregor one, yes, I think the linesman's guest. I don't think there would have been much made of it if we had the score and it was given because I think it's too hard to call. I don't like the rule because how how can you know if a linesman's got that right or wrong? I prefer the, there's daylight between yeah, them yeah. because mm-hmm. it gives the attacker the advantage. But see, taking away the goal, the most galling thing for me is I'm not even really disappointed by that because Celtic didn't deserve anything. No, and that kills me to say that. we didn't. Des- if we'd have got a point out of that, we would fight. still be on here saying that was abysmal. Yeah, absolutely. We didn't deserve anything out of the game. We only get beat 1-0. It could have been more, but it's not even a good Rangers team. It's a patchwork team. They're playing Andy Halliday at fullback, and he's getting man of the match against us. For a start, that is embarrassing. We give Andy Halliday the best day of his life. <laughs> let that, as, as, as people are so fond of saying on Twitter, let that sink in. <laughs> There's a couple of guys I'm not missing on this podcast. We've, we've been a bit scattergun here, and we're, we're catching things as they come to us, but... Deirdre Boyata. Now, Deirdre Boyata looked as if... Do you remember his performance at Ibrooks the last time in the 3-2 game? Bambi on ice. Shocking high rates. He looked as if it was a video game, right? And he was killed on the Ibrooks pitch and then just spawned again in the exact same situation <laughs> as yesterday. He, he, he just basically picked up exactly where he left off. He was dreadful. And I know it's a lot of pressure to put on him because for years now, we've been talking about how the guy's just not good with the ball at his feet, right? There's no point in going through that again. And, and this is what I'm talking about with just the fundamental flaws in the system. The system hinges on guys like Dedrick Boyata being able to play football and he just can't. I think a lot of the time though, sorry to interrupt, but there was more than one occasion where Craig Gordon zipped a ball right to his feet. Yeah, yeah. And, no, and, and Boyata's got a guy right up his arse and there was nothing he could do but either panic, which he did a lot of the time, or just give it back to Craig Gordon. Yeah, you're right. And I'm thinking of one in particular, it's probably the same incident we're thinking of here where he passed it out to him and it led to a, a stunning save from yeah. Craig Gordon. It's one of the ones Melly's probably mentioned where 
he's making saves from his own mistakes. Yeah, I take I take that on board, but it just doesn't help himself. The, the way he defended against Morelos, and not for the first time either. Oh, oh Morelos, it's me shudders. He just rolls him, Morelos, every Morelos time. Morelos has one move. Yeah, he just rolls him around the shoulder, and Boyata is left miles away from I, I don't know why he commits himself so readily. And the thing is, right, Dedrick Boyata will have said, Craig Gordon, Lustig, and my next one, Scott Brown. These guys are the most supposedly dependable, reliable, experienced, oldest heads in the squad, and all of them, to a man, were, were shocking. I nearly said shocking there yesterday. I'm going to give Craig Gordon a 5 out of 10 because his, his saves were, were outstanding mm. at the times. I mean, if it wasn't for him, yes, if it wasn't for him, some of those chances wouldn't have come, but if it wasn't for his saves, it would have been an absolute rout. Now, Scott Brown was was sad to watch, to be perfectly honest, and I, and I felt bad for him because... There's no way that that wouldn't have been extremely painful for him mm. turning in a performance like that. We're at a place where he's normally so good to be in the midst of such debate over whether he's finished or not. And every every performance shouldn't turn into a debate over whether he's finished or not because I don't think he has finished. I'm on record on here several times as saying he will still have uses, but I think gone are the days where you think he's an absolute must on the team sheet mm. for games like this. The thing with him being finished or not is everyone probably tends to forget that it's not going to be obvious. It's not like a computer yeah. game where he's going to be like, right, right, it's reached a certain date, Scott Brown is finished. It's going to be a gradual process and one day he's not going to be able to do it anymore. And the evidence is is rolling towards that day. There's not even there's not even you know, finished is such a harsh term. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's, I don't like saying it. It's kind of what you touched on as well, but he might not be finished. It just might be that we have stumbled upon a better system with yes, him not yeah, in the exactly, team. Yeah. You know, and that and that's maybe what finish can mean. It doesn't mean he's a terrible footballer. What we're saying is, well, it just so happens that without Scott Brown in the team, we play better. It's, we've spoken about it before. <clears> the <throat> system Brendan Rodgers plays with the, the two centre-halves, then the full-backs going higher up and the, the deepest midfielder splitting. I don't know why I'm putting my middle finger <laughs> up at you there. But... <laughs> two can play that game. Yeah. <laughs> So when he drops in, but if Brendan Rodgers was saying, this is the way I want to play, we've said it before, Scott Brown's not the kind of player you want in there. No. You want somebody like Cal McGregor who, when he receives the ball, he's on the half turn, he knows his next move. Again, Dedrick Boyata, he's not the kind of player you want in there. No. And Craig Gordon is not the kind of keeper you want. And Mikhail Lustig is not the kind of keeper. And what have these all these players got in common? They're all there before Brendan Rodgers, yeah. and he has had how many transfer? It's not just Brendan Rodgers, the board as well. How many transfer windows have they had to get the players they want in? If you're going to play this system, this is where it starts from. You can say Sinclair, Forrest, Edward, they're our best players. They're the ones that win your game. They're not going to win your games if you can't get the ball to them, yeah. if you can't get out from where you are. But I think... This is the most dramatic thing I'll say on this podcast. But see if Brendan oh, Zidane Beaton. <laughs> I miss Beaton, by the way. We could just... I know he he could sit in that position. But again, that's his. Oh, he we're a passion now. Get a player that's not playing in. <laughs> Beaton actually wasn't he a bad player. No, of course for not. Us. No. He just couldn't play with Scott Brown, and neither can in jam. Yeah. So um, maybe Scott Brown's a problem. <laughs> um, is Beaton just about? Well, a wee sidebar will be... Has he had much time under Brendan Rodgers? He seems to have been injured yeah, like he played, most of his... He played a bit in the... Centre-back, mate. Of course, so he, he did. did. He played I a bit know. in the Invincible season. I remember one thing in particular, he'd played the ball for Dembele's goal at Celtic Park against oh. against Hans, where he, he, he skinned Senderos. That's sent, the uh, one. It was him that set up Tierney against Man City as well. Of course it was. So it was. So, um, Bring him I, home. I just wonder, he's not really had the Brendan Rodgers sprinkle hmm. of magic as yet. Um, anyway, I think if Brendan Rodgers doesn't get back to the January transfer window after this, I think... I can't remember all three of my bold predictions. One was Mikey Johnson getting 15 appearances. Yeah, should uh, be good for that. Yeah. Should be good for that. And the second one was, I can't remember, and the third one was, this is Brendan last season. And I think, see if Brendan Rodgers doesn't get backed in January after this, or gets assurances for the summer, bare minute. I can no, see him. No, no, no the summer, because we need players now, because there's we, a chance we're not going to win the league. I know. a good chance. If he doesn't get, I can just see him going, look guys, see if you're, see if you're not going to give me what I need. Then I'm I'm going to just seize the end of the season and I'll let somebody else deal with this mess because you need you need to back a guy like Brendan Rodgers. Well, who are our best players? It's still guys that have been here for years and years. Say it time and time again. You need competition. Like you need people to come in and push you on because it's the same guys that are going to be playing every week. Look at this time last year. 
Compare hasn't made the slightest bit of difference. That's January window Jack last Hendry year. hasn't made the slightest bit of difference. We brought in Musonda because we weren't creative. I always he, laugh when you say that because I always forget, forget about the guy. <laughs> but we brought him in because we weren't creative enough. He didn't work out, but we haven't replaced him. So there's still a problem before that. It's yeah. amazing that the and January... We're Jan- not laying it to the summer yet. I know. Not this- one player. There's one guy, Benkovic, has been brought in. Malumbu, not it, in the squad. Huh? And that's what, it's so funny when you look back to the, the January window of last year and then the summer and then we're back to January you think, we've, we've barely... Brendan Rodgers has been screaming for players for a calendar year and yeah. we have failed to bring them in. Just the, uh, a final thing on the on the personnel on the day here. And there, there will be people... We don't. We haven't got to, and there will be people who, who blame others, and there's plenty of blame to go around. But really, the only people we haven't singled out are Johnston, Sinclair, and Forrest. Now, were they good? No, they they weren't. But were they to blame? Nah, I struggle to. I struggle to hit any blame because really, look at Scott Sinclair. Yes, when he had the ball, he wasn't good. Same with Forrest. Forrest let the ball bounce off him a couple of times. Really, the forward line were just getting wee guide up there. Yeah, but. Think about the position they're in here. We've already talked at length about how the defence in the midfield simply didn't function. So what do you want Scott Sinclair to do? Do you want him to pull out wide, make himself available, and then Craigie G can just ping a raking uh, ball right on his toes so he can nip past Avenue? That's not going to happen. You're just you're up there praying for scraps, which uh, didn't come. Yeah. Again, as you said, it's systematic. Yeah. Because when the rest of the team aren't doing their job, when Sinclair or Forrest get the ball... They have to beat two or three men to get us up the park yeah. and get us out. There was just no out ball. Mikey Johnson, if we're going to play with him, we had to play differently than we did. There was, There's no use booting the ball up to him because it's not going to work. It's not going to work. No. So that was just, it was just abysmal from start to finish. With Sinclair and Forrest, I will say, I want to see more heart from them. I want to yeah, see more yeah. desire. Scott Sinclair got bullied. By yeah, James Tavenier, yeah. a guy we know cannot defend, and he strolled that game for them. That Goldson had to take an injection to play that game, strolled it. Warrell, I wouldn't recognise him if he walked past him no. in the street. And they've got Andy Halliday at left back. Did we trouble them? No. The, our best threat was our left back. And apart from that, we had what the encham chance that Halliday blocked. <coughs> Great block. But yeah. again, it'd just be snatching a goal from nothing. Yeah, Melly, you, you said that it, it didn't work out from start to finish. And the tone was set early on in this game, just to wrap us up. I've In the past, I've given various of our players, I even go back as far as, you know, we weren't podcasting at the time, but going back as far as Barry Robson crunching Christian Daly in the opening seconds of the 3-2 game, I think that was. I, I give players credit for setting the tone. But it, it does matter because that happened in this game. Scott Brown played a terrible pass to Encham, and Cham couldn't be bothered with it. And the last thing you want to do is give them something to get behind already. You give them a 70-30 ball in their favour, which Halliday laps up all he did. He's reading it in his head on the way into it. He's like, yeah. oh, I'm going to get the fans on my on my behind me already. So he goes in, he goes through in Cham, and that's it. The, the, the fans are fearless and, and roaring already and Celtic just just covered from it really. It was it was horrible to see. As soon as that happens, if it was the other way about and it was at Celtic Park, yes, it's not the way Celtic play, but we can play it like that. But as soon as that happens, you go, yes, they're up for it. This team are there for the taking. Yeah. They just smell blood. Mm. They yeah, just smell I mean, blood. Yeah. And imagine letting them beat us. I, I, I woke I up this morning and I went, nah, oh, it did happen. It did happen. Could it? Could have finished it. Could have ended them there. Could have had them doubting their manager. But no, they've let them get back in and they've let them believe. And don't forget, they could... Skint Seville could go out and buy players to improve <laughs> as well. So it's it's no foregone conclusion. We can't keep saying, oh, let's see what happens in May. We're going to see what happens in May. And if Celtic continue on this path, we are not very good. No. That, that, we, that, need, we need help. Well, we've won two out of our last six away games. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, it's four, it's four, three or four and ten. Yeah, it's really, it's really bad. Anything to say on John Beaton? Now, you know what mm. I say on this podcast, you complain about the referee when you're winning. I don't really want to hear it about John Beaton after this game. It, nah. it, it lets some things go. Morelos was being as usual, we shite that he is. Um, yeah. Never scored against us, didn't really do much, put himself about. But do you know what? You knew he was going to do that. It's That's his game. I'm not interested in hearing about John Beaton. No, the referee and, didn't cost us this game. And see, to be honest, that this stuff about Morelos as well. Uh, yeah, it, all that stuff. He kicked Scott Brown, clearly. But 
look at the situation we're in. Scottish football has legalised that since you yeah. since they made the case for it not being excessive force. So now we're all arguing over how hard kicks were instead of kicks. But that that aside, he stood in Ralston. They didn't stamp on him. He stood on him. I think yeah. people are are using the wrong word there. But and then he had a wee flick out at, at Christie. So. He was walking a tightrope. He should have been booked, but then Scott Brown should have been booked before he eventually was as well because he did Ryan Kent. Um, Morelos, we, we keep saying this, right? He's this, he's that, he's crap. He doesn't score in the big games. But again, that, it's, that to me is starting to feel like a that's the real quiz thing. I'm, I'm sure he's far from gutted about having not scored yesterday because James Forrest certainly didn't score either and neither did Scott Sinclair or the supposed big game players we've got but Beaton yeah I agree with you he's, John Beaton yeah, John, John Beaton <laughs> um, near, near Beaton he's, he's certainly Beaton but he's, he is well down the, the list of things Aye. that I, I would like to highlight here yeah we, if, see if we're going to complain about referees we complain about referees when we're winning games um, was he good? nah he absolutely wasn't and he no. didn't give Celtic a thing but he's miles down the list of problems um, so that's the Rangers game. <laughs> that was a bit cathartic. Yeah, it was good to get that off our chests. Um, there was another game that we wanted to discuss during this podcast period, and it was in terms of a spectacle. It was much better. A ter- belter. Aye, in terms a of Boxing per- Day belter. A Boxing Day belter. In terms of performance, it was much much better. The Boxing Day belter, Stephen, as Melly put yeah. it. Um, very reminiscent, sorry, uh, very reminiscent of a, a previous December game, the 4-3 game at Fir Park yeah. against Motherwell. Yeah, it was a, a bit of a thriller. Uh, it wasn't the greatest of performances, but the last, was that probably the last 10 minutes were... It, it makes the Rangers' performance all the more baffling for me. Yeah. When you see, you see like a Scott Sinclair doing what I've been encouraging him to do for the past couple of weeks, not even just him, just other Celtic players, just gamble, gamble on a chance, be where the defender isn't, picks himself up a hat-trick. Edward comes off the bench and puts in a terrific cameo. Was it 20-odd minutes he spent on the pitch? Scored a great goal, put himself about. It was great. It was excellent, actually. He really turned the game. Um, making it all the more disappointing that he didn't wasn't allowed to make any kind of impact in the, the game at Ibrox. But that's that's over now. That's over. Yeah. We've talked about we're, that. We're doing back to front. <laughs> we're going back to front. Uh, um, yeah, he was, he was fantastic. He, he came on and set up two. Not directly, but he, he played Forrest in for the yeah, goal. For, great pass. Yeah, And then he's run for Sinclair's third was tremendous that's not to mention the Tom Rogic slash Eric Cantona still finished for his own goal we were good and when you look back in the game there's a few players I didn't think Scott Brown was great I didn't think Izagiri wasn't great but we we only gave Izagiri stupid penalty give away I think it was a penalty because he catches the guy if that happens the other way about I'm asking for a penalty for Celtic. You're the asking sec- for it, but you're not getting it. <laughs> the second one was never a penalty. We've seen that. It was just bad decisions that let uh, Aberdeen get back in the game. We're fairly comfortable, but we were clinical. Yeah. The way we went forward, and every time we went forward, we looked at scoring. I don't think we played particularly brilliant, but to get that win, letting a silly go at the end, mind you, get that win, get Sinclair a hat-trick, get me on the way to the 20 goals... <laughs> Get that win then, we're sitting watching. How many goals has he got at the moment? I think he may nine, be I nine so, or yeah. ten, so he's nearly halfway there. To get that win, tough game, Rangers to drop points, from going from that high yeah. to this, it's really silly to go from that. We had our boxing day out. Yeah, that's right. Elvino did flow. <laughs> and we were at Cat House until bloody after three in the morning. I've not been up past three in the morning in, in a long time. It was great though. Um, no, uh, the only time I'm ever up at three o'clock in the morning these days is if I need to get up to piss. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alan Sinclair, Sinclair's goals, funnily enough, for all the, a lot of goals he scored for Celtic, but only five of them have ever been against Aberdeen and four of them are this season, three of them in this game. So I, I kind of look back at it thinking he, he likes a goal against Aberdeen, but it's not, no, it's not actually true. It's usually um, Rogic that likes the goals yeah, against Aberdeen. Yeah, that's very true. Boyata was back and that, that was his first game since the cup final that, this was his oh, he was re- well. reintroduction but as I said yesterday a lot of the games even a, a replay of the game in my mind it is mostly just Boyata and Brown standing still looking forward with no options yeah. on it That's not, I'm not blaming them for it but the, the ball just wasn't getting moved quickly enough the penalty <laughs> the easy gated penalty that you've mentioned now, I've seen a lot of people saying that it's not a penalty because he was allowed to make the cross before Izagiri brought him down. But that's that's only kind of half the point. What if what if the cross had come back out to him? Right, the the ball's still active after he's been decked on the ground, so the the, the game could continue. The ball could bounce back out to him again, and he's lying down. I, it's, it's still a definite I mean, foul. Well, I would I would maybe argue there's there's two points there. Now I'm only going from memory because I've only seen it and seen the highlights of this, but. 
it was he did wipe he did take him out, but it it wasn't well it wasn't a deliberate, but I suppose that doesn't matter. But I just don't think I've ever seen that given. I've not seen the cross go in and then following the cross already being delivered into the box, the player being wiped out. And the penalty be given, given. But just because you've never seen it given doesn't mean it shouldn't be. It's a foul. It I, mean, I don't feel that strongly about it. We ended up going on to win the game. Yeah, but... yeah. So, well, this is when you complain about the ref. But I think it was a penalty because if it was the other way about, I'd ask for it. If it was somewhere else in the pitch and it was such a late tackle, that the game would use, get the advantage, but the game yeah. would get pulled back as well and the guy would get booked. It was, again, stupid. The guy's right at the byline. He's only going to do one thing and you're flying in. He gave with... the ball away as well in, yeah. the, in the build up to it. He's going to give the ball away that led to the chance yeah. in the first place. Yeah. Not not a glorious afternoon for old Dizzy. But like you say, Millie, it's, it's you win this game, you struggle to win this game, and then you go and lose the next game against Rangers. Especially when Rangers are dropping points. Our form really has been all over the place as of late. Yeah, especially away. Now, Johnny Hayes came on for. For his Aguirre, did you see his back tattoo when he was getting ready to come on? That was a mess. It's, it looks like um, it looks like he's been just dragged in charcoal. His back is all just vague, cloudy black bits. I, I couldn't quite make out what his tattoo actually is. So you don't like it, though? No. Aberdeen seem to really get up for games against Celtic. There seems to be a bit of niggle there that I, I don't think really exists between Aberdeen and any of the other teams. You know, well, guys like... They hate Rangers and all. They hate no, Rangers and all. Shea Logan... Uh, He's himself, but Shinny as well. I Graham Shinny is another one who seems to get involved in an awful lot. Um, it's all very, it, it's all very childish, yeah, childish, but but more so try hard. I think he he likes the idea of this sort of persona. He looks at Scott Brown and thinks that's kind of what I should be like for Aberdeen. I should be that version for yeah. Aberdeen. But he's he's not got quite quite get the personality for it, and he, a lot of it is very very put on. So yeah. very very try hard. What did you make his dive? No, oh, it, it was ridiculous. Uh, to mention Johnny Hayes again, I, I laughed when he, he was asked about it after the game and he just sort of chuckled and was like, hi, hi nice one. But um, aye, a clear dive. It, 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 he probably would have got it. The thing was that Lustig probably would have fooled him anyway if he'd given him another, <laughs> another quarter of a second. But he, he, he may have got it if he'd just gone down, but it was the fact that he propelled himself forward as if he'd been fired out of a cannon. <laughs> yeah, that, that, was, that made it look ridiculous. Cosgrove stepped up to take that and he then he scored his seventh goal in December. Morelos only got four, by the way, so oh. see how this chat about the best strike in the league, big Cosgrove. That's big Sam Cosgrove. Yeah. That was a good win. A good win. A tough yeah, game. And then to go on from that, as I said, Rangers drop points. I can write, this is the opportunity. Finish them. Beat them at Ibrox. Even if we'd have turned up and got a draw, you're thinking that that's a decent result. By the end of the game, I was praying for a draw, but I, we didn't deserve anything out of the game so this Aberdeen game is now forgotten about we yes. should have been covering this a lot more we should have been saying great win what a game of football but it's just one of those games that seems like a million years ago yeah, now yeah, and yeah, that is absolutely. all Celtic's fault again so we're finished up the players are off to Dubai in a couple so of weeks so are we no we're not man. Uh, are, are we, we? <laughs> <laughs> so um, the players are off to Dubai in a couple of weeks and that means one thing Stephen January transfer Jan- window. That's right. Um, and we have been linked with a few players thus far. Arguably, um, no, Christmas gets quite overrated. Arguably, the January, tran- January transfer window is the most wonderful time of the year for it, Celtic. Hopefully. <laughs> we can only hope we get another Hendry and Comper. <laughs> um, one player we were linked with, and it's this is the first time I've ever seen a rumour come about like this, we were linked with Timothy Weir hmm. from uh, from Paris Saint-Germain, American international, son of George Weir. Yeah, I think it must be, if it was to go through, must be the first son of a current world leader. Yeah, ah, Because yeah, he's the done. president of Liberia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, But the way he, he was linked to us, and then he put up a message on his Instagram saying that, you know, I just want to say I'm going on loan for the next couple of months, I've enjoyed my time, blah, 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 and then proceeded to follow almost everyone that plays for Celtic, yeah. including the official Celtic account, except Dedrick Boyata. <laughs> Petty. Um, Timothy Weir, Melly, what do you make of that? Get him in. As Stephen said, get him in. We need strikers. He plays for PSG. It all sounds good. His dad was a belter. I always remember I was out playing football one day, came in to get a wee drink, and the Italian football was on, and it was. I just so happened to walk in. Corner came in. George Weir picks it up from his own in, in his own box and runs up the whole pitch and scores. I used to love George Weir. So if there's any chance that he's going to be at Celtic Park, sign this boy. <laughs> but he's quite busy these days enough. What with running a country, but 
Yeah. He's trying to feed some Africans. That's <laughs> right, he is. Um, well, Timothy Way, I think, I don't think from memory Celtic have ever had a US international at the club either. No, I, I can't remember any off the top of my head. No, um, certainly nobody in the first team. There's the Manny Perez. Right, okay. A under-20s US international right. that's supposedly joining us in January, but he's he's like one for the development yeah. squad. Doesn't he count, really? Totally on board with what Melly's saying. Um, he's the son of uh, one of the true icons of the 90s, world football George Ware. But with that, you need to remember that Timothy Weir is half George Weir, half his mum, and she might be rubbish at football. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do we know about Timothy Weir? I've just, the usual YouTube, he looks like a good player, but yeah. by all accounts, yes, I want him signed. It's a good step in the right direction, but it's going to be him as third choice, and then there's going there has to be somebody coming in with not exactly experience, but a bit more pedigree than that, because mm, yeah. we can't go the rest of the season with... An eighteen-year-old and a twit. Well, uh, Edward's twenty-one and a couple of yeah, days in January. Yeah. Uh, Edward twenty-one. You can't go into the season. The rest of seen that. So we have been linked with guys like Vincent Jansen. I thought he would be a great signing if we could get him. Just didn't work out at Spurs. But according to Steve McGowan, that's been denied. But that's the kind of guys you'd want in. Vincent Jansen. Yeah, I was a bit disappointed when Steve McGowan poured cold water on that because he is exactly what Celtic would need. Some guy who's. He kind of fits the Chris Sutton slash Scott Sinclair mold yeah. to somebody Some who's proof. yeah somebody who's had a previous reputation. He was great in the Eredivisie. He's one of these guys who, you know, there's the running joke about English football in the Eredivisie. Some of them come and they're Luis Suarez or Ruud van Nistelrooy, but some of them come and they're Afonso Alves or Vincent Janssen. Timothy Weah is somewhat established. He, he was playing a lot of football pre-season for PSG, um, but he's just fallen by the wayside. It's, it's no shame in not getting ahead of that any of the free strikers yeah. in there like but there's I don't, not a lot of players I think he's, he's more in the mould of Edward this time last season this time last season yeah. and Edward yeah he's more in the mould of Edward is than say a, a Musonda someone who's not getting a lot of, you know he's just been frozen up by players a lot better but he's got a lot of game time for the American national team again he's one who's got four starts he's played some like 359 yeah. minutes for the, the, the proper US national team he's He's a, a bona fide player who's just not getting game time at the moment. So I don't think he's as much of a project, Timothy Weir, that, that people might think he is. Um, another player we've been linked with, and we sort of touched on earlier, was Timothy Castagne. Is, is that what we're going with? I prefer Castagne, but I'm Castaigne. happy to be happy to be corrected on that. Now, Belgian international right yeah. back playing for Atalanta. In and out with the Atalanta team. Now, that, again, that's no disgrace because Atalanta are a good team. They had a cracking European run just very recently where yep. they were in the same group as Everton. I think they gubbed them uh, home and away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they're a good team and he's a Belgian international. I think he made his debut against Scotland, funnily enough. But yeah, no, I'm all for it. Absolutely all for it. If he's a right back of any description, then get, get him signed. He did comment on his future. Um, in, in recent days, he's obviously the reason he's leaving Atalanta is due to the lack of first team chances. He's not really getting mm, yeah. that many games. But he did say, um, I can see Germany and England, the two competition where it goes forward and there is less tactic than in Italy as two competitions that attract me. Mm. I don't know what he means by it goes forward and there's less tactic. Maybe it just means that he can play more football and there's less focus on positioning. And Oh, Italy is a, a kind of notoriously defensive. Yeah, tactic. defensive and slowed down, sort of methodical style of football whereas maybe he sees Germany and England has been more energetic and kick and rush get it yeah. in the mixer mate. heavy metal football Aye. so he's, he's spoken about it he definitely wants to leave he's never mentioned Celtic although we were we were being have heavily linked with him £6 million mm. if that's the money you've got to pay then that, that is the money you've got 100%. to pay I suppose yes we got Lustig how many years ago in a free and that's a Swedish international unfortunately these days you have to pay money to get the players in See if you pay six million pound and he's great. Well, that's money well yeah. spent. Because see if you'd have done that in the summer and you'd hand it shipped five or six goals down the right hand side, you'd be twenty million to thirty million in Champions League money right now. So it pay speculate to accumulate. Indeed, Melly. What I don't want to hear from Celtic is we tried but we failed. You know, couldn't get the, it over the line. Yeah, that that scenario doesn't work for me. And that, let me try and come up with an analogy here. So no offense to anyone involved, but Melly. Just I'm going round the table here, right? You shop in Aldi. You do right. your weekly shop in Aldi. Stephen, you do your weekly shop in Tesco's. And I do my weekly shop in Waitrose. We all go into these markets and we all come out with shopping. Except me who goes, oh, I can't afford it in there. And Stephen, you go to me, well, why don't you do your shop in the Tesco's? No shop there. I'll, yeah. I'll starve. <laughs> that, that's what Celtic do. Clubs go into Lidl. Clubs go into Marks and Spencers. We walk into Waitrose, decide it's all too expensive and just do no shopping at all. We, we can't have that. 
go into Tesco's, look for the bargain, look for something that's in the Tesco's finest range that's maybe reduced. Yeah, and in Celtic's case, they come out of Waitrose with a bus bag of quinoa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Celtic's problem is they sometimes, they're like you, they go into Waitrose, they find what they're wanting, they go up to the till, and the till says, 249. They go, I'll give you two. <laughs> but it says 249 here, but I'll give you two. Aye, what we do is we shop in TK Maxx. Oh, we rummage stretching this and <laughs> We rummage about TK Maxx looking for the Armani when we just need to go into Mark's dispensers <laughs> right. or something. Um, yeah, make of that tortured analogy what you will. Yeah, we're not, we're not, we're not removing it. <laughs> um, another player that we've been linked with, another forward, which is this is encouraging because we, evidently we need two strikers. Um, apparently, we've reportedly made a one point seven million pound bid for an Ivorian striker, Vakun Bayou, who's actually playing in Slovakia at the mm. moment. Um, another one where Colo Turi was supposedly involved in the Timothy Weir transfer. Apparently, he went out and spoke to Timothy Weir. And apparently Colo Turi's went out and spoke to this guy. So it's good to see that Turi's using his influence here. Yeah, it's good. That's on the Timothy Way, I think. I'm led to believe he's already had the tour of the facilities. Yeah. Oh, has Way. he? Yeah. Aye, so he's an Ivory Coast international. He's got 18 goals and 23 appearances so far for the, the I think his team are second in the Slovakian league at the moment. Uh, and 1.75 million. I mean, for that sort of money, they got him on a free. So right. at, at this point, any sort of fee is, is good money for him. But... Again, it's encouraging to see that we're, we're starting to make moves. We're being linked to players of a decent calibre, you know. It's just interesting to me, who's doing the scouting for us? Are we leaving this up to Lee Congerton? This could be the best transfer we make, is by getting rid of that guy. Because his track record is absolutely abysmal. Abysmal from you, start to finish. You say that, you know, there is a, there's a reports in the, the Sun on Sunday today that Lee Congerton and Celtic's chief scout... Doherty, maybe. Mick Doherty um, are supposedly targets for leaving the club um, and elect. But there's the follow on from that. Now, that isn't the story in itself. The story in itself is that Newcastle want to make a move for Brendan Rodgers and they're encouraged by the fact that Congerton and Doherty are on their way out of the club because the way that this story paints it, well, that's two boardroom allies that Brendan Rodgers is losing. So he's basically in there right. himself trying to fight the cause. Brendan Rodgers is going to leave a club that don't back him to a club that definitely won't back him. Anything, absolutely right. mental. Um, I do on the league on things, Stephen. It's difficult to see who's responsible for what. We don't really know about the the inner cogs, the inner workings of this of this system. But what we do know is that it's not working. Yeah. Whether it's Congerton that's responsible for it, I'm I'm not sure. But I'd rather be losing Congerton than Rogers. Yeah, we, we said that we said it last January. It doesn't matter what the transfer system is. It doesn't matter if it's Brendan. Doesn't matter if it's a transfer committee. Doesn't matter if it's old fashioned scouting or Y scout or whatever system you're using. Isn't he working? Yeah, so no. you must change it now. If that means that Colo Turi is getting the old Rolodex out and contacting people that he knows in Paris Saint Germain and then Ivy de Cross National, do it. Just as long as the end, I don't care what the process is, as long as the end product is, we get quality players. No more Jack Hendrys. No more Marvin Compers. Do you think uh, there are any other Marvin Compers? Uh, there probably is one. There's probably a Marvin Comper in an alternative universe somewhere still playing football. If he's out there, we'll find him. If he's out there, we'll find him. And on that... I suppose we should wrap up Patreon, Stephen. Um, as people know, we run the Patreon. We've done an immediate reaction podcast to the, the Glasgow Derby. A fiery one. A fiery yeah. one. As soon as the match finished, we more or less sat in front of the microphones and, and gave you our thoughts. That's available for anyone that wants to listen. Moving into January, we have got the Q&A. We're about to sit down and record the, the mailbag, which will be out in a couple of days. That's where you can ask us pretty much anything you want. And then what we're going to do is we're going to embark on something a bit different. We're going to do the Martin O'Neill years. Um, it's a podcast series looking back at the whole Martin O'Neill tenure, everything that happened, the highs and lows. Digging his, right into every detail. We're every, going to get our hands dirty. Every yeah. little detail of his time at Celtic. And we're going to start on, well, we're going to start on John Barnes because yeah. that's where it all begins. So we're looking forward to getting that out later in January. Um, and this is us. Celtic don't play another league game until the 23rd of January. Um, hopefully by then we'll have some really nice shiny new players to talk about hopefully being the main word hopefully being the main word um, and this is us for, for 2018 that's right we will speak to you next year thanks to everyone who's supported who's pledged Patreon money thanks to everyone who retweeted and donated to our Chaz yeah, Christmas yeah, charity yeah. drive that 
and you bought mugs and we ended up raising well over a thousand pounds on that for Chaz which is a great cause thanks to everyone who's left us a podcast review and a rating and interacted with us on Twitter and told their pals and supported the podcast in any meaningful way or unmeaningful way this year we are 21 reviews away from that magic number of 500 and we all know we've established now that if we don't get to 500 we're going to bloody well kick off if we don't get to 500 I'm never coming back on the podcast (laughs) no I shouldn't say that because then people will will not want me back but honestly thanks very much to everyone who's helped us and listened and chatted over the last year and we will speak to you next year thanks for listening flexibility is great that's why there's yoga flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too that's why there's united healthcare insurance plans Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.